0: sex and sensuality the podcast where we speak what your dirty mind thinks we are here every monday night at 9 p.m chatting about tantalizing topics that most won't dare say aloud hello hello and welcome to sex and sensuality the podcast with miss mika and miss Gigi. Girl, it has... uh, Hey, how are you doing? Oh my gosh, it's been so long. I'm so glad we are back. I know, me too. So guys, as you know, I had a baby. So I have been on maternity leave. (laughs) Taking a break, taking in all the goodness of mommyhood and being a mom again to a new little baby so I have a five-year-old and now a three month old so I'm thinking it's time to get back on the horse and ride it and do this podcast <laughs> or oh, with the sexual
1: undertow, see <laughs> that's the way to come back honey that's the way. That
0: is the way to come back. I'm back in the saddle. So we have a good topic for you guys today, but I do want to let you know that we have missed you and we're so happy to be back and we cannot wait to just start sharing again all these wonderful things that come into our head that we want to talk about. So today we're discussing the oral sex, well, oral cancer quote-unquote epidemic, Mm -hmm. as well as HSV-1 and HSV-2, because that has been such a thing as well in social media. So let's get started, Gigi. Tell me your thoughts on this oral cancer, quote-unquote epidemic. Let me tell you something.
1: When I first heard this, right, it was on, um, it was like in a little group thing going around, People were talking about it. And I'm going, what are they talking about? Because, <laughs> you know, when you think about oral sex, that is definitely not something you would even put two together, oral sex and cancer. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. So it started making me, you know, do some reading and research. And you and I were talking about it. And I was like, to find out that it is higher than throat cancer for, with tobacco use, which I know, you know, I don't smoke. And my uncle passed of cancer and having throat cancer which spread. And I'm like, all I ever knew was that to be an issue because I knew that he smoked a lot of cigarettes. So it made sense. Mm-hmm. But then older people could actually be getting this, not just because of smoking, but because of their sexual partners. That's kind of scary.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing is we got to go back to HPV because that is what's the cause quote unquote cause of the let me stop saying quote unquote lord (laughs) HPV is the cause of the oral cancer and it was a big thing back in the day because I cannot remember was it the dude that played Kramer on Seinfeld I think he said that he got oral cancer from oral sex but what he had was from what I'm reading now was the HPV because I cannot (laughs) remember how to pronounce that word (laughs) But Say it, girl, papillom- human papillomavirus. That's right. Human papillomavirus. So human papillomavirus, you know, was something that was really big starting in what, like 2009, I believe it was, where they were noticing that it was coming up in teens and young women. So they developed the vaccine and they said that it was because of sexual behaviors that HPV would develop. And then it could turn into cancer later on. So that's what they're noticing now with oral sex is that people are becoming infected with HPV through oral sex. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, you know, most of the times HPV just completely clears on its own. But some people develop symptoms strong enough that they're not able to even get rid of the infection. And then it can become, it basically replicates in some of your cells, in some of your DNA, and then it becomes cancerous later on. And that's what's happening with this oral cancer. So they call it oral pharyngea cancers. Mm. cancers.
1: Quite interesting. And again, scary. Because we recognize that, you know, we just, with oral sexes, I remember back in the day, that was just so taboo to even say that you were having oral sex, that, you know, they have so many different terms for it, and no one wanted to even be recognized as doing it, Mm -hmm. being a part of it. Now it's more prevalent. Of course, it's talked about just like you (laughs) brushing your teeth. Mm -hmm. So think about how many people have oral sex and don't even have intercourse, those partners could be so much more than the ones have intercourse with. And that's what is driving this. I
0: agree. And you know, I do remember back in the day, it was taboo. It was taboo for the Black women. Like Black girls were like, I don't do that. You know, (laughs) now they did it in probably in private, but nobody talked about it. Mm-hmm. They did not talk about it, but now it's such a big thing, especially amongst our teens. Um. They use oral sex in place of, quote-unquote, regular sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> their head, oral sex, is not sex. That yeah. is just... Mm-hmm.
1: In the day, we're the same way. They wouldn't even let their boys know they were doing that. They'd be like, oh, my team, what the heck? Mm-hmm. they wouldn't talk about that. Mm.
0: They wouldn't. But now teens are doing it more and more, and they... Uh, so our teens are really more affected, teens and young adults are more affected by this than by oral cancers, than oral cancers from HPV, let me say that, than yeah. our older generation because, again, you know, most teens are looking at it as this is not sex. All right. Yeah. They don't see it as being sex
1: at all. They say- mm-hmm. You know, even though the word is in there, right? I don't understand. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean it's not sex? It's called oral sex, right? Okay. Well, yeah, they don't it is the same. Though one of the things is, I don't know if this is part of the reason that teen pregnancy is, you know, has went down drastically mm-hmm. over the years. So
0: I don't know if that's because of that, but... Well, what I do think is the... Day the morning after pill is more readily available. Now, also different forms of birth control is more readily available because back in the day, if you didn't go to a health department, you had to pay for it, you know, you had to go to the doctor and get a prescription and all of that. Now you can go, you could order some forms of the morning after pill online. You can go to the pharmacy and buy it yourself. You don't need your parents' permission.
1: In some states now, don't forget. In some
0: states, yeah, some states, not all states. Of yeah. course. Yeah, <laughs> not all states. But I'm just saying before Roe versus, versus Wade was overturned.
1: Yeah.
0: That more pill was more readily available. Condoms are more easily attainable now. And again, birth control is more easily attainable. Now it's free. Yeah. What well, it was free? before Roe versus Wade, we know that has changed a lot. So we don't know what the teen pregnancy rate is going to look like now.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: that's You true. know, that Roe versus Wade has been overturned. So that's yet to be seen, but definitely with, definitely before Roe versus Wade, yes, it was on a decline, but I think it was because of that, those particular reasons that it was on a decline. yeah. You know, and of course, yeah, the oral sex thing probably helped and girls doing it anally because they still don't think that's sex too. If it's not fashionally, most teenagers feel like it's not sex, which is <laughs> crazy, which is why we're going to do a topic on teen sex and how to talk to your kids about sex. I feel like it has to be an ongoing conversation from the time they're, they're like three or four. And it's tailored to their age because normally around three or four, they're curious about where babies come from, where they came from, and then they start noticing their little body parts. So, you know, we tailor it based on their age, but it has to be an ongoing conversation. So we're going to talk about that next time.
1: Right. That's going to be a good conversation.
0: Yes, I really do think so. So it says oral phonogia cancer is the main risk factor the main risk factor is the number of lifetime sexual partners, especially oral sexual partners. So again, I feel like it's, you know, from what we've been reading and talking about and researching, it's definitely higher among teens and young adults, but it can increase the more sexual partners you've had over your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Your risk increases. And it's interesting because,
1: came out this topic, this specific subject, I don't think people even put a number to their sexual partners when it came to just oral sex. Mm-hmm. Like I see them in two different buckets. Yeah. Oral sex partners versus, you know, intercourse partners, never seeing the two as being as one. And now mm-hmm. to, to look at it on this spectrum is definitely something that is having not just us here talking about it, but we're talking about as high up as the medical, you know, parts of our government because they're seeing such a rise in it, and then how it's affecting us overall, you know, with yeah. being one of the major things in death amongst us. It's definitely another way for them to gauge numbers. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm that um, HPV they coming with having something that they can give to the young children at a younger age to help but it's not something that's fail safe you don't really know what that is doing and helping you know Mm -hmm. um by conversation like you like we're doing now and letting people understand that it too is a risk for you yeah
0: that is true so it's just about being safe it's making safe choices stds they're here to stay for whatever reason, because, well, let me stop saying that. Let me not say for for whatever reason, but SEDs are here to stay because we're not practicing safe. We're not having safe sexual practices. Right. So the more safe sex we engage in, whether oral, and people don't think about protecting themselves orally, no. you know, they don't think about that. They're like, oh, okay, I suck his dick. And then, but he's going to wear a condom if we have sex because I don't want an STD. But they <laughs> forget that you can get STD in your mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, and that leads us to our next topic, which is HSV1 and HSV2. People, again, think that they're not getting, they're not, they're protecting themselves by using a condom sexually, but they don't mean vaginally. Penetration, let's say, penetration vaginal or anal, but they're not thinking about protection when it comes to oral sex. It's like, okay, I'll suck it. Why he doesn't have an condom, but he's gonna have to put on a condom. And I'm gonna tell you why I think this is the case because everybody, a lot of women are worried more about pregnancy than they're worrying about preventing an STD. Yeah, so true. I believe that too because they're like, well, I don't want to get pregnant, and then. (laughs) But they may not end up pregnant, but they may end up with a lifetime STE. They may end up with HIV mm-hmm. or herpes, because yeah. we know herpes is lifetime as well. Or they could end up with something,
1: you know, gonorrhea, syphilis, syphilis, which chlamydia, which, yeah. which long term. Some of those diseases can make you infertile and you won't have to worry about getting
0: pregnant. I know, that's right. So let's talk about HSV 1 and 2. So, people, and let's talk about the oral form since we're talking about oral STDs in general, Well, we talk about HPV, which is the oral form of it, it can be an oral form of STD. So, with sores, oh, girl, because you know, cold sores. Yes, you know, cold sores are less taboo. When it comes to HSV-1, because most people, I mean, it comes to herpes because cold sores are herpes. But people don't want to say that. They want to say cold sore. Yeah. And they want to make it like it's not an STD, but it is, it can be an STD. It's not always from a sexual transmitted, you know, it's not always sexually transmitted because some babies get it from, um, Adults kissing it, kissing them, you know, in the mouth or on the face or whatever, if they have a cold sore present. So we know that kids can get it from being kissed by an adult. So that's not sexual. Most of the, you know, if they're just kissing them, hello or whatever that we know, that's not sexual. So we're not going to be facetious and say that it is always an STD, but I Miss, mean, yeah, it is always an STD. But it is, it can be from sexual practices. And I think people need to remember that when it comes to comparing it to genital herpes, because they will say in a heartbeat, genital herpes is the worst. I can't believe you have genital herpes. I can't believe you have HSV2. I can't believe it. But they walk around with a cold sores that they got from sucking somebody out for eating someone's business right or yeah. kissing someone on the mouth while they was engaging in sex
1: mm-hmm.
0: so and they, you see people
1: uh-huh. also especially there's some people i know that have them all the time uh-huh. and again they never reference it or look at it as so something that they got later on in life probably some if they did through sexual transmission
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and sometimes it is because of sexual transmission yeah, most of the time
1: I can't stand to see people that have that and then they have little kids and they're kissing I'm like don't you realize that what you have is open and spreadable like right. don't do that to me you are now giving that child a lifetime sentence it might just, when you say cold so because now they have things that you put on and make it go away a little
0: faster. But why should they even be subjected to that? Exactly. They shouldn't be subjected to that. And, and, it's, and it's, I, I feel like, because it looks painful, I, I don't have it. But yeah, it looks but painful. It does. I don't it have it. It's painful. And even so, it's like, if you know you got that much pain, be careful. You know, mm-hmm. be careful with other people. And not to mention HSV2 normally comes from someone who has HSV one because they're going down their performing oral sex on someone who does not have HSV one or two, but they're performing oral sex on that person. And that's what makes it make it makes it HSV two just because of where it presents itself. Right. But if you know you have a cold sore you shouldn't be performing oral sex with anyone because that is how that person gets agency too. Mm-hmm. You know, you're performing oral sex on them. So if you have it, protect yourself, protect your partner by not engaging in sexual activities until those sores have gone away. We know that oral herpes, genital herpes, they last a lifetime. They can be, they're spreadable even if you don't have any symptoms. So even if you don't have a sore, a visible sore, it's still spreadable because you could have a sore in your mouth that you don't recognize. You could have one in your vaginal canal or on your penis that you haven't noticed, one anally that you haven't noticed, and it can still spread. Also, it's most contagious during the prodromal stage, and the prodromal stage is when People who have it, you feel that little tingling that starts and sometimes you recognize it, sometimes you don't recognize it, but it's a little tingling that starts right before it breaks your mouth or your your genitals break out. Mm -hmm. And that is an infectious stage as well. And the reason why I say it's most infectious during then, because most people don't know they're experiencing a herpes outbreak in that moment. They're not paying attention to it. So you're not using precaution. If you're someone who does use precaution when you have an outbreak, you're not using precaution at that time most of the time. And now you're more likely to spread it.
1: I think, again, very reckless sometimes in decision making, or it could be the fact that they just really don't know, right? And which, again, brings us to why we do what we do, because we need more people to understand the ramifications of the decisions that we make, especially when it comes to our sex life and those innocent, like children who you're just wanting to hug and give a kisses to, but not understanding that what you are doing in the middle of your output could be affecting them later on in life so that is true making sure that we know we need to understand what we are doing especially with our bodies Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. and i do want to tell women too if you have genital herpes and you are thinking about becoming pregnant you know, you want to make sure or you do become pregnant, make sure you let your doctor know, your OB know that you do have a herpes, genital herpes, because what they will do is make sure you're on a preventative, well, but they'll make sure you're taking your medication at least 30 to 45 days before your due date mm-hmm. so that you cannot spread. Oh, it's valve fear. That's what it is. That's one of the most common medications for oral and genital herpes, honestly. They will make sure you're taking your meds at least 45 to 30 days before you have your baby, because what can happen is your baby can get oral herpes and can get contract herpes as they come through your birth canal and it gets into their eyes and it can be very deadly for babies. So, If you're having, if you know you're pregnant, make sure, take away the shame. If you never told anyone, tell your OB.
1: Mm, That's right.
0: So that you can help prevent that from your baby. Because again, it can be very, very deadly. And then what they also do is they look for sores in your vaginal canal. They use special tools to look for sores in your vaginal canal to make sure that you don't have it. So if they are aware of it, They're going to do their best to help prevent that from happening to your child. And then, if you do have an outbreak, then more than likely they're going to do a C-section to avoid your child catching it. So it's important. Also, two to help prevent it from spreading to others: keep drinking cups, and utensils, towels, and washcloth separate Mm -hmm. from others. If you know you're having an outbreak in general, it's probably good to to keep some of those things separate. If you know you have them commonly, have those outbreaks commonly anyway. But when you're having an outbreak, for sure, keep those things separate. Make sure you're washing your utensils very well. You definitely want to share your towel with your partner. And I know a lot of people do that, but I like to keep my towel stuff separate anyway. Yeah, that's
1: the truth. And it's so funny, girl. I don't even use a towel. I dry off with a washcloth. I don't
0: use a towel. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Girl, with all that body, how long it take you to dry <laughs> I don't know why. I think what the towel,
1: because it's so dry, it's kind of, even though it's soft with, you know, I still just do it with the, washcloth and i've gotten a habit of that so which in a way now because of the towel not being used or mistakenly used nobody hardly ever mistakes the washcloth right as long as you have different colors you try to differentiate when you have your partner Mm i don't know it just works
0: (laughs) girl you are so funny but you know i think about my um um, child growing up and stuff like that, just teaching her, you know, keep your washcloth separate, keep your towel separate. I teach her that now, like we have our towels and our washcloth all cor- color coordinated on different hooks, so we know which is which.
1: I'm mm-hmm. yeah. gonna
0: mistake it, but it's just good hygienic habit to have, regardless if you have an STD or not, right. Um, my mom, my grandma used to tell us, always dry off with your wipe off with your washcloth first so you're not soaking the flow and you're not soaking your towel. So <laughs>
1: that's what I do. I just keep going. <laughs> just
0: so- <laughs> oh, my goodness. OK.
1: But it was. That's what started it, probably thinking like that, because, you know, mm-hmm. your towel this wet and then eventually it'll start smelling. I just started, kept using the washcloth. It
0: was. Yeah, and then you should change your towels often anyway, like at least every two to three days, you know, three to four days. Change those towels. And when your kids get old, you want to changed them even more, huh? Because Lord. Uh-huh. The other thing, don't kiss others, you know, during your most infectious time. And that is, again, what I said, when you feel that tingling or burning, that's your most mm-hmm. infect- infectious time. But from that moment until that sore is gone, don't kiss others, abstain from sex or anal and vaginal just to avoid spreading that to someone else. Of course, wash your hands often because it can be easily spread from your mouth or your vaginal area to your eyes and Mm. it can lead to blindness. So the reason why I brought this up is because I was talking to my friend and she had read an article on social media, where this girl, unfortunately, she was sexually assaulted. And the boy got you into herpes from the sexual assault. Mm-hmm. They started blaming her for spreading it to him. And I'm like, and it was like, well, you should have told him. And oh my gosh, I can't believe you have hsv too. How did you must be a hoe? All this stuff. And I'm like, how does
1: what? a victim become the assailant, right? Like he assaulted her and then they blame her for giving him herpes. I didn't lay back for consciously want to have sex with you, otherwise you would have known this. He took that from her, and that's what he got.
0: And that's what he got. That's that was, you know what, in my head, that was justice, innocent, some form of justice, a form of justice, because hopefully his foot went to jail. But yes, I agree. They turn her into the assailant and then let then the in and, and victim blame, which is something that's very common, unfortunately, on sexual assaults. But yeah, victim blame her. And then that conversation turned into, well, Jennifer, her piece is so bad and you must be a hoe. Or if, if somebody has it, that means they are a hoe. They've been not doing this and doing that. And I'm like, no. It can take one time, just like pregnancy could take one time. HIV can take one time. You don't have to be a whole to get an STD. Right. You could just, it's one lapse of judgment.
1: Yeah, but even then, it's not even you sometimes, right? Because you could be in a committed relationship or married and your partner mm-hmm. stepped and brought something back to you
0: that you had nothing to do with. And that was going to be my next point. Sometimes is you have taken precautions. You think you're in a monogamous relationship with someone. And now they went and bought you an STD. Yeah. So anything can happen. And people, and and we're all susceptible to it. No one is immune to getting an STD. And then some people don't even know they have genital herpes for years because it will lay dormant in the body. They don't know they have oral herpes for years because it can lay dormant in the body. And then one day all of a sudden you have an outbreak. So you don't even know. But anyway, it made me want to talk about a topic because people put such an emphasis on genital herpes and they never focus on oral herpes. They're both can be obtained the exact same way through sexual means and through unsafe sexual practices. Mm -hmm. And people have to realize that and understand that it is about protecting yourself sexually more so than it is about the actual STD. Yes. Protect yourself, protect others around you. And I want to say, I think
1: one of the other important pieces to that is don't hold shame behind it because Mm -hmm. that will cause you to think that you shouldn't be in relationships. Just be honest when you, you Know just like anything else, it's about communication, right? Yeah. So, through a relationship with someone, be honest once you decide to have sex, let them know yeah. your status and allow them. I know it's scary, but allow them to know your truth, and that's where taking the time to know someone comes from, right? Not just jumping in the bed, you met them yesterday and mm-hmm. today getting to know someone because their feelings and connection to you is so much stronger than what's between your legs right so mm-hmm. you have those conversations be upfront and honest and make yourself um, um, open to love regardless you know don't hold on to the shame behind that
0: I definitely agree with you and that's why it's so important that we understand that oral herpes can lead to Genital herpes and being able to be open and not just put it off as a, oh, it's just a cold sore. Don't put it off as just a cold sore. Be honest about it, right? So that the other person knows too, because they need to make a healthy choice when it comes to oral sex with you too.
1: That's
0: right. But I agree with you. Let's take away the shame, the blame from both of those, because sometimes people feel a little shame when it comes to. Cold source too. So let's take away the shame from from that and be honest with your partners. In the beginning, that's the best time to to lay everything out on the table, right? And I agree with you. You know, taking the time to get to know the person makes a difference because everyone is not going to react the same. But you want to take the time to get to know the individual, so that when you do tell them this, you kind of engage, maybe um, understand what their reaction may, may be, right? right? If you know you've been talking to this person, they've been making all kinds of mean statements about STDs, or they've been sexually shaming other people, or their sexual practice have been unscrupulous, or whatever, or this is someone that you don't even want to move forward within the relationship, okay, you don't need to tell them that, because you ain't having sex with them anyway, but if it's somebody that you truly love, you truly feel like y'all are going to move to the next step of sex, then yes, it's time to open up and tell that person. But you want to get to know the person well enough first to even see if you want to take that next step before right. sharing your sexual history with them, your medical, your, your medical history with them, because everyone is, doesn't need to know that. That's right. OK, well, I think this has been a great discussion. How you feeling, girl, being back? I am happy to be back. I'm so glad
1: um, I was missing it, missing our conversations. Mostly, you know, getting the information out there. So much has happened since, since we haven't been on the air and um, so much to talk about. So we definitely got to catch up, get
0: the people up. Yes, we got to catch y'all up. Yeah. So we'll be back. We're gonna still have our shows every Monday at um 9 p.m. So look forward to to our shows. We're also guys introducing a new show. We'll tell y'all more about that next show. Um yes, I'm really excited about that one. So we, y'all gonna be able to see us on two different platforms where here on one, seals on another. And, and we cannot wait to get into that next week. We'll talk more about that show. Okay. I hope y'all have a great day. It was so good to be in internet land with y'all again. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so strange, but we're so at the same time. <laughs> exactly. All righty. I hope y'all have a great evening, and make sure you subscribe, share, and keep listening out for us. Talk to y'all soon. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Sex and Sensuality, the podcast.